So, okay, welcome back, uh, Peter Stone from the Sovereign Project. Um, stopping by again to talk to us about common law. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, so, yeah, so I wanted to jump into uh, a lot of stuff I've been hearing, which has really confused me uh, about this whole uh, system of, of common law and what okay. have you. There, There's a, an individual who is in the... the law movement i guess who is well i guess um gaining notoriety and he's been telling people to use the i guess the legal system and saying that that common law is um i don't know he's kind of he's kind of chitting on common law (laughs) from what i understood um so i went into his chat one day because you know i like to go to different places and get um different ideas and um this was this was something that he wrote me, and he was quite uh, abrasive. Um, and uh, we'll call him Joey Fettuccini. Okay. So Joey Fettuccini said, uh, <laughs> "With all due respect, your mentors are pikers that wouldn't know what a settlement was if it walked up to them, introduced itself to them, and smacked them across the face." You want to learn to do this stuff for real, or do you want to mess around with a bunch of patriot mythology assholes that never accomplished a frigging thing in their life? Wow. We don't throw shit against the wall and hope it sticks. We know exactly what we're doing and why we're doing it, and we always have a destination of where we're going. We are red pill or blue pill, your choice, but we're, we kick those patriot mythology assholes in the ass constantly. Okay, there's a lot going on in that uh, paragraph. <laughs> yes, and he's gone on to say that um, there is no straw man, essentially. He said the straw man is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a straw man walking around. I So this confused me because, you know, I'm, what I've learned so far is that, you know, we're we're born with this straw man entity part, as part of the legal system. And, you know, a person is not a man or a woman. It is a legal term. Yes, it's a persona. That's where the word comes from. Where does it come from? A persona. Okay, persona, right. Not you, it's a persona of you, person, Mm -hmm. persona. So that's Mm -hmm. the origins of the word. So think of it like an actor, you know, uh, you've got um, uh, Captain Kirk, is the persona of William Shatner. So it's William Shatner's the real person. Captain Kirk is the persona. Right. Mm. So that's been my understanding so far. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's kind of destroyed all of that and confused a lot of people. Okay. So I wanted to kind of uh, decipher why, why it is he might be saying that. Uh, because it was my understanding that you shouldn't le- use the legal system. Um, Correct. You don't want to be in that system at all if you can help it. Right. Um, I think we might have to start at the beginning because there is, seems to be a lot of confusion when the term common law is used. Mm-hmm. Depending on your use, who you speak to, the word or the phrase common law means different things. And if you actually go back in history, there are different origins of the term common law, and they do actually mean different things. So the, the, the obvious one or the most uh, common origin is that the uh, common law came from the Magna Carta, the signing of the Magna Carta of 1215. And the idea was that um, before the 12, 
before 1215, um, everyone was ruled by decree. So you had a ruler who owned everybody. Everyone was subjects to the king. And then whatever the king said, that's what everyone else had to do. So the king was effectively above the law. So after the signing of the Magna Carta, the idea that no one was above the law, that's when it came into effect. And the idea that law was common to all men. Okay, so that's everyone was supposed to be equal. So that's a simplistic version of that version of common law. But if you go back further in history, like in the uh, 1066, I think it was, um, the term common law referred to the king's courts, meaning that all of the king's laws were common to all men. So it applied to all men. So the, the meaning of common law had a different meaning to the one we understand today, because it meant it was the king's courts that provided common law to all men. So that's a different meaning again. And if you go back even further in time, there's the common law from Christianity, which is around um, before even Jesus and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it gets very murky. You know, it's a very gray area. There's no uh, confirmed definitions of this. But the idea of Christianity or the, that, um, that law was equal to all, no one was above the law, and it was God who was the divine law, and, and he was the one who decided what was law, you know, and that everyone was under God sort of thing, um, and everyone was equal. I mean, I'm really simplifying it just for the speed of, you know, getting the point across. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about common law today, um, people get massively confused because they don't understand that there's many different layers of law i mean at the top of my head i think there's at least 21 22 different forms of law there's probably more in fact there is more than that but these are the ones that are recognized today um now what people have to do is they need to break their social conditioning they've got to break their brainwashing and understand that when the word law is used 99% of the time, it's not law that you're talking about. It is actually policy. All right? mm -hmm. It's policy of someone else. So let me just give you a quick rundown of what a policy is. A policy is when someone writes something down on a piece of paper. They come up with an idea. They write it down. Like um, it could be, right, everyone on Wednesday must wear a yellow T-shirt or something like that. So they write that down and they say, right, that's policy. Okay. Yeah. Now, they can't actually apply that to anyone else until you sign it. And then if you sign it and I sign it, it now becomes a contract. And then within that contract, that is law between us two because we've signed it. And then we've both to, uh, decided that on a Wednesday, you've got to wear a yellow t-shirt or whatever, okay? So that's a policy. If two people or more sign it, it becomes a contract and whatever is within that contract is law to them. Mm -hmm. It's not law to anyone else, okay? So if my signature is not on that contract, then that law within that contract is not, doesn't apply to me. So you've got many different layers of law, and most of them are what is called color of law, okay? which means they're not actually law at all, they're acting as law. And most of everything that comes from government or within the legal system is color of law, and they're just service agreements. Now, what we also need to understand is that whenever you hear the term legal or illegal, that is always 100% of the time referring to a contract, all the time, 100% of the time. So if someone says to you, it's illegal for you to do this thing, the next thing you should think is, say, well, hang on a minute, that's contract. You're referring to a contract. Now, did I sign that contract? 
If I did not sign that contract, then it's not illegal for me to do the thing that you're talking about. So legal always refers to contract. Lawful, we're talking about law. And when you're talking about the law, which is often, often referred to as common law, common law is not written and it's unspoken. So a lot of people go off, try and look for it. And I say, you're not going to find it. Okay. Because if it's written down, guess what? It's not law. It's a policy. So common law, I don't really like to use the, the term common law. I just use it as a general term. Yeah. You know, cause it, it gets confusing. So what I tend to say is I like to use equity law, which is a law of commerce. Okay. Um, equity law ran alongside common law. Common law is more about crimes and you know, uh, you commit a crime, you end up being caught and you're going to be convicted of a crime because you've broken the law, like murder, death, uh, murder, rape, theft, that sort of stuff. Equity law is law of commerce or contracts or torts or violation of your rights. And they work in tandem. So I think the person that you're referring to, he does refer to common law a lot. Um, and he also refers to, uh, I mean, I agree with everything that he says. He's, he's really clued up on a lot of things. Um, but he stays away from certain things. He will, he doesn't like using trust law. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, because in a free world, you would not need trust in the first place. Okay. Cause you would just have property rights. We don't have property rights in, in this system that we live in. We, everything is under a trust. That's another complicated, um, topic to get into. Um, mm -hmm. now when I talk about remedy, um, I will use these different layers of law. Okay, I'm using the law as in color of law. So you've got things like constitutional law. Um, you've got like crown law. Um, you've got um, state law, federal law, this sort of stuff. They're all policies. Okay, they don't apply to you unless you want them to. You can accept them and say, yes, I'm going to apply that to me. I agree with that policy. I know I can then take it on. However, a lot of this stuff like crown law, constitutional law, does apply to people who work within government and corporations, especially those who have taken the oath. So if you're a politician, an MP or whatever, and you've sworn an oath, you know, to the people, then all this uh, constitutional law now applies to them. Doesn't apply to the people. Okay, so this is where people get confused. Now, if you know how to do this, um, when you're trying to create a remedy, you figure out what the issue is, you've got to, you've got to Quantify all the variables, what's going on, you know, what's happened, and then you will pick the correct remedy. And you might find legislation might work for you. Okay, for example, uh, discrimination. So with discrimination is not law. Okay, you, anyone can discriminate. Discriminate means choice. Okay, that's all it means. Yeah. Now, politicians have twisted the meaning of this word and made, made people, you know, crazy and all the rest of it. Discrimination is within legislation code. So if you want, you can use legislation and then you can take this legislation uh, with discrimination and you can apply it to corporations that have registered with gov within government. If a corporation is registered with government, they are liable for all the policies that government comes up with. So the person that we're talking about, what he's doing is he's shifting jurisdictions. So he's dipping out of common law um, which is mainly about um, the way I describe common law is your own court, right? Every single person out there has their own court. It's their own jurisdiction. It's their own laws, right? If someone harms me, they've entered into my court. 
They're under my jurisdiction. I make the law against them. So if someone violates my rights, then I make the law. And I'll say, right, you, you are trying to mandate me to wear a mask or whatever it is. That's going to cost you £10,000. That's my law. So that's common law. So the way I sort of, um, I don't know, not, I don't want to define it. I don't want to be the person who says, I'm going to define common law because <laughs> everyone will shout at me. No, 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 I'm not, you know. But the way to make it simple for people to understand is that it's your own court. So think of common law being within. So it's your court. Now, I think the chap that we're talking about, um, he's using the toolbox of different laws. He's, he's flicking through them and he'll, he'll go, oh, statute law, because this chap's in America. And he's going, oh, okay, this statute stuff. Now, if you know how to play the statute game and you know that you don't allow these statutes to be applied to you, but you can apply it to the people within government, within corporations, then you can play that game. And if you know how to do it, you will win. But that's a very difficult game. If you don't know what you're doing, you can get your fingers burnt and you can be, you can be in a, a serious problem with that. So, yeah. for example, I will use crown law, right, if it suits for example, there's a lot of people out there who are trying to uh, travel, finding it difficult to travel. Say, they say, oh, if, if I go to an airport, they're, they're trying to put me in a 14-day quarantine. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, they can't do that. First of all, it's an offer. So these airports, are, it's an offer. You're not, you don't have to do it. It's, they're just offering, would you like a 14-day quarantine? <laughs> so that's what it is, but people don't understand that. But these people at the airport, they can't force you to do that because then you can use Crown Law, especially if you've got a British passport or within the Commonwealth, which is about 42 countries. Crown law is the same as constitutional law? Am I getting that right? No, no different layers, different layers. Crown yeah. law, Okay. yeah, crown law is the monarch. If you hear the word crown, it means you're referring to the monarch, king or queen. Right. Constitutional law is government. Okay. okay right, right. So that's how you separate it. So if you think constitution, think government. If you hear crown law, think monarch okay now crown law is above constitutional law because the way it works is you've got the monarch the, see the way it works is again i am not a subject to any monarch okay but the way it's supposed to work is you've got the king at the top the people and then the people create the government the government is supposed to be beneath the people it's a bit complicated but i'm trying to simplify it for anyone watching so because people create government Nothing the government says can be forced onto the people, okay? So that's why you can say, well, none of that applies to me. In simple terms, what the government is, is a private corporation. It is today, okay? It's a private corporation, no different than McDonald's or Burger King or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They offer service agreements. That's all they offer. They have no authority to force you to do anything. In fact, they can't. They can't force you. They trick you. They do this through um, complicated paperwork. And what they do is they trick the average person because the average person is illiterate. Now, what illiterate means is the average person might be able to pick up a piece of paper with some text on it. They might be able to read the text, but they're still illiterate because they don't understand the different languages that are actually used within that document from the government. They don't understand the grammar or any of the symbolism that's going on. It's like the all caps. So the illiterate or members of the plebtorial system, which is a pleb, which is an illiterate lower class of people, mm -hmm. when they see all caps on these government forms and it might symbolize their name, they read it as their name. And you go, no, 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 that's not your name. Okay, that's either 
dog Latin, or it could be ASL, which is American Sign Language. It could be block language. But because the pleptorial system, because the people within it are illiterate, they are reading these documents as if, as if it's English, and it's not. So they are signing documents when they have no knowledge of what that document even means. There's like um, some of these documents, they'll have text within the margin. Okay. Well, that means it's separate to the document. The average person doesn't know that. There will, you'll get documents from the government where certain text is written in a box. Well, that's the four corner rule. That means that that text has got nothing to do with the rest of the document. But the, the illiterate don't know this. They read it as all as one. Hmm. So um, because of this, and because the average person does not know how all this documentation works, they're tricked into consenting and then that's when they fall foul of like the quarantine in airports and all that sort of stuff so going back to crown law i would use crown law in my toolbox because i have a british passport remember british is a corporation it's not england okay it's a corporation just like the uk it's a corporation but i have a british passport that is my legal identity it's not me However, in that first page, there is a decree by the Queen saying the holder of this passport cannot be stopped. They have a right to travel. So if you're at the airport and they're trying to stop you from traveling, you can then use the Crown Law and say, look, do you want to read the first page of this? Because if you're going to violate the decree of the Queen, that's treason. Do you want to do that? And then you get the person's name and say, look, what's your name? You know, blah, blah, blah. OK, great. Well, you're about to commit treason. Do you want to do this? And if they start panicking, we'll get your supervisor down here because, you know, you're going to you're violating crown law at this stage. So when you understand the different layers of law, and how they work, you, it's like a toolbox or different weapons, ninja weapons. So you pick the right one that fits that remedy. Right. So there's too many people out there that get into the, the, the common law stuff and then they won't touch all the other layers. They won't touch statute stuff. They won't touch legislation. Um, you know, or acts, they won't use that, or, you know, constitutional law, crown law, federal law, state law, they'll say, stay away from that. In general, if you don't know how to play this game, yes, stay away from all of that stuff. Because if you don't know what you're doing, if you apply some of this legislation to yourself, you've lost. Okay, so I think that's the confusion, because, you know, people yes. are, are told, you know, if you if you do this, then you, you know, you give them joinder and you're, Correct. you know, you're buying into their, their system and their offers. So that is confusing. Well, the way you do it, this is where you've got to ch choose your language carefully. Okay. So let's, for example, for example, let's say you walk into a shop and then the shop says, right, you've got to wear a mask or we're not going to serve you. Choose your language carefully. What you don't do is you don't make a claim or statement and then you say, um, you are discriminating against me, mm -hmm. right? Because if you use that terminology, you're taking discrimination legislation and you're applying it to yourself. If you go down that road and you've actually admitted that you're, you're allowing legislation to apply to you, then that means that all the legislation now applies to you, right? And in, uh, I think in America, there's 50 million bits of legislation, statute codes or something. It's about 32 million in the UK. So you don't apply legislation to yourself in that way. So you don't say I'm being discriminated against because mm -hmm. that's checkmate. You've lost. So turn it around. So what you would do is you would then quote legislation to this business. As long as the business is registered with the government, it's got to be, you can't do it to a private business. 
as long as it's registered with the government, then it's liable for all the legislation. So what you would do is you would quote something like um, uh, denying someone to shop within your premises uh, due to not wearing a mask would be discrimination under the Act 123456, whatever act it is. And then you would notify them of this. And then you would say, is that correct? You haven't applied legislation to yourself, but what you're doing is bringing up the code that they have to follow. And okay. you're saying it to them, look, this is the code. Do you agree? And they've got, they're in a sticky situation now. So they're going to have either say yes or no to this. So then if they turn around and, well, they are not going to accept it, they'll probably, um, well, if they deny it, then they can say, right, well, no, now you're violating legislation. So don't apply legislation to yourself, but you highlight the legislation, you word it, make sure when you word it, you don't apply it to yourself, you word it, and then you put it in their court, and then you say, look, come back, this is what you've done, you know, is this correct, you know, what do you want to do about it, and then you see what response you get from them. So you're putting the pressure on them, but you're not applying the legislation to yourself. It's a very difficult game to play this, so you've got to know what you're doing. So it's so. totally okay to reference their statutes and such as long as you just don't put it on, on you, yourself. Correct. Correct. Okay. So the best way to do it would be word the statute, word for word, perfect, wherever you've got it from, right? So you get it perfectly, word for word, quote where you got it from, the statute code, reference, paragraph, whatever, and you, you, you send the person notice of interest, if you like, if it's a shop. Try not to do any of this in the verbal. Too many people are trying to do this in the verbal. Don't do it in the verbal. Walk away. Then you serve notice on the shopkeeper in writing. And then you would just quote the statute code, whatever it is, word for word. And then you would say to them, explain yourself. Why did you violate this statute code? You haven't applied it to you. You're not saying you discriminated against me. You're highlighting the discrimination code and you're highlighting to them you violated it. So... It's a different, different game. It's, um, it's tricky. And if you're going to play this game, you've got to know what you're doing. Because if you get it wrong, you get the terminology wrong or anything like that, um, then a good lawyer will probably decimate you in this. Mm. So, you know, you've got to know what you're doing. Uh, personally, I stay away from as much legislation as I can. Yeah. Um, in this country, though, if you're going to use the lean process, which is the final part of when you're suing someone for compensation so you've done the notices you've done the affidavit you won by default whatever it is now you're going to use the lien process in this country the lien process is completely controlled by the bar association which is a private organization nothing i can do so at that point in time i've got no choice i'm going to have to use their paperwork i'm going to have to dip my toe in the legal system just so i can get access to the lien process um, I can't actually do a common law lien in this country. Not yet. Eventually, if enough people turn over to common law, yes, we can go back to common law liens. But if I want a genuine lien with real power and I want access to the bailiffs, I want access to attachment of earnings, to all the rest of the stuff that the court provides, I've got to use legislation. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. So don't, there's too many people running around trying to get codes and whatnot, and they don't know what they're doing, and they're using codes. Um, 
and then ending up getting arrested or whatever because they don't know what they're doing. You've got to learn this stuff from the very beginning anyway. Learn basic contract stuff. You know, learn the power of the right. signature, all this sort of stuff first. Learn it, study it, become sovereign. And when you know how the game is played, then you can tackle the bigger stuff. I think there's too many people out there and they're taking on, they get a little bit of knowledge and then they're trying to take on central banks or they're trying to take on, you know, <laughs> I'm going, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. You know, it's like they're deliberately getting speeding tickets and I'm going, no, don't do that. You're not ready for that yet. I'm just <laughs> trying to take on a Mexican restaurant so far. That's about... <laughs> that should be easy enough. It's hard, it's still confusing for me. Um, but I, I want to get into that stuff and the notices. But before we get too yeah. far away from the foundational stuff, so so what's the deal with the whole straw man thing, though? Okay. Because you know, are we like, what are we? Are we born into this with our birth certificate? Is there a straw man, and is there proof that um, anybody has uh, withdrawn from their straw man? I guess. Well, yeah, the straw man is all legal fiction or corporation, if you like. A lot of people refer to it as different. Um, yes, there's absolutely, there's there's cookie crumbs, put it that way, um, that point towards this is what's going on. I mean, one of the dead giveaways is if you look at your own birth certificate, you've got a copy. You've got a certified copy and you go, well, why have I got a certified copy? Shouldn't I have the original if it's my birth certificate? And you won't get the original. So... Yes, there's court cases where people have questioned the uh, legal identity. They've gone to courts and they've basically said, um, they've brought the paperwork up and say, look, this name, which is in all caps, can you prove that that's me? And the courts haven't been able to do that. So there are definite, uh, there's definite um, documented evidence of that. People have done that. Apparently, some people have taken control of their corporate birth certificate. Okay, mm. this is where they become a secured party creditor. So they are now they now control that corporation. Now it's very difficult. Um, I don't, you know, there's probably a handful of people who can do it in the world. It's not an easy thing, and it's a journey. It probably takes you seven several years to do it, and there's ma many layers of paperwork you've got to get through. And depending on what country you live in, there could be more than one birth certificate anyway. Well, let's just clarify that. There's only one certificate of birth, which is your live birth certificate. There's only mm -hmm. one. That's the one that creates the credit. And then what the people in the Vatican, what they do is they create their uh, certificate of birth. But that's the birth of your corporation. That's your all caps. That's your surname in all caps. That is the corporation that is responsible to pay back all the credit that your your that is created on your certificate of birth. So think of it like a triangle. So you've got certificate of birth, which is live birth used to create credit. On the other side of this triangle, there's a corporation that is being created that is supposed to pay back your credit. And then you've got an administrator at the top of this of this triangle, which is the Vatican, and they control your corporation. The mass the majority of people out there are tricked into thinking because they can't read dog Latin. They can't read American Sign Language because they don't understand this. They are tricked into thinking that the legal identity is them. So they end up paying back their own credit. So if you go for a mortgage, you get a mortgage. What they do is they create the credit on your live birth certificate, say for 250000 on your own name. You created that under your name, your signature. It's your 250000 in credit. Then they 
loan it back to you, your own credit, and then you're tricked into paying back your own credit over 25 years or however, however long the mortgage is. Now, the thing is, is if you wake up to this and you say, you know what, I know about this corporation, I know about this dead entity, um, you know, legal identity, and you do control it, then the next layer of these of the debt who have to pay the debt back, the first layer would be the police. The police are then responsible to pay it back. Failing the police, it's the Rothschilds. They are now responsible to pay back the credit. Okay. Now, the Rothschilds, um, how it works is if, because everyone does not know about this trust fund that's set up in their name, you keep paying into it throughout your entire life. No one can actually gain access to that money until you die. And because you don't know about it, because you don't claim it, when you die, all that money goes to the Rothschild banking system. That's how they get all their money. That's why they own like 90% of the world's wealth or whatever, 90% mm. of the world's money. That's how it works. So if you want to follow the breadcrumbs, the very first thing you should do is look at the notes that you use to buy your general cups of coffee or whatever, like the dollar. Okay, look at it and go, well, where's the value in this? There is no value. It's a piece of paper. And then it just says, promise to pay the bearer the sum off. And you go, well, hang on a minute. What's all this? This is clearly a, a contract then. This is, this is a promissory note. So where's the value then? So you start digging. And then you've got to start digging into um, government bonds. We all know about government bonds. We know that the government creates bond, uh, bonds and they sell it. And you go, well, who pays the interest? And of course, it's the taxpayer. So you go further back and then you realize also when you learn about securitization. So what's going on with your speeding tickets? You get pulled over by the police. And yes, they make money on that fine, but then they securitize that speeding ticket as well, which means they add debt to it. And then you are responsible to pay that back. And then you've got to pay the interest on that debt. So yes, the straw man or legal identity absolutely exists. All you've got to do is look at your credit card. It's, only, it's in all caps. Hmm. So try contacting your, your credit card company and say, look, why is this all in all caps? You know, ask and say, look, I don't want to be, I don't want this all caps anymore. Can you please refer to my genuine name in lowercase? They won't do it because they know if they do that, that's not referring to the corporation anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got, you just got to spend, you've got to spend a lot of time researching this stuff. And there's many other people, not just me saying this, there's thousands of people out there. The, the, the genie is out the bottle at this stage. Mm-hmm. There's probably hundreds of thousands of people who are now waking up to this scam. And it's been going on for two and a half thousand years. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, um, I don't understand the, the chat that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why he sort of turns his back on the uh, legal identity. It's clearly there. It's clearly there. I mean, do, you do the research, make your own judgment. You'll find it. Um, yeah. But, um, I know the chap we're talking about as well is that he doesn't like trust law, which is fine. Um, I know us, he, he knows about the fraud um, dealing with your utility bills. Okay, so he knows about that. So I'm going, well, if you know about that, then you must understand there is a legal identity then. Because he, this is how utility bills work, your water, your gas or whatever. It's already being paid. So a utility company uses your trust and your certificate of birth, your live certificate of birth, to create the credit to pay your utility bill. And then they get you to repay. That's why it's called repay, because you're paying a second time round. So then you pay 
again. Okay, so you're paying twice. So it's your own credit that pays it. In fact, we get a water bill here in England and it says balance <laughs> in credit. And you go, oh, right, okay, so I've already paid it then. They're using the terminology. They're telling you, you are in credit. It's a balance, it's an account. And it shows you, you're in the black. So you just got to learn how to read these documents. It's, it's like I say, it's a pleptorial system. The average person can't read this. Hmm. But you get the, the average utility bill, they read it, they think it's a bill that they have to pay. No, it's not. It's more of a bill that has been paid. And there's a lot of the documentation that is sent. It's a gyro check on the bottom of the documentation. So you can send it back. Hey, oh, there's the check. So yeah, the more you learn, it's like it's in your face. So when they turn off my utilities, what what should I do <laughs> for, for non-payment? Yes, this is difficult. Uh, there are people out there that are claiming this back now. There, there's a lot of people who figured this out. Um, one of the ways, there's many remedies, by the way. So, you know, I can't give you one answer like, oh, just do this. Yeah. Um, I think this, in here, it depends on the utility, by the way. It depends if it's gas, electric, or whatever it is. Water. Um, one of the remedies is to do a notice of conditional acceptance, which is, remember, when the water company sends you the documentation, it's an offer to pay. You don't have to pay because obviously the water company is already being paid using your uh, credit anyway, but they provide a service. The thing with the service, people have got to understand what a service agreement is. A service agreement is where you accept someone's service, but you're not obligated to pay unless you are satisfied with the service. So, for example, if you go into a restaurant and you order the food, and you sit down, you eat the food, you are not obligated to pay unless you are find the food is satisfactory. In fact, the manager of that restaurant is supposed to come up to you near the end of the meal and say, is everything satisfactory? If you turn around and say, yes, thank you, everything it is, the contract is concluded, now you're obligated to pay. So, <laughs> <That's> yeah, <hilarious. laughs> I know when you know how this works, you see, I, I just want to be like, yeah, I, I didn't really like it. <laughs> yes, you can You say there was no yeah, service was horrible. I said the, the steak was cold. You know, the, 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 the maid was wearing a mask with all the germs, <laughs> you know, all bacteria. Was, I, said, I didn't get any smiles. You know, I was waiting 20 minutes, you know, so now the service sucks. So I'm, I'm going, I'm not paying. Right. I know people have done that. Really? And there's nothing that the restaurant can do because they know they've offered a service. You're not obligated to pay. And that's the same with everything that offers a service. But so, they can go after you legally, though. No, they can't. There's no contract. You didn't breach contract. See, because you go well, under what? How can they go after you? Because if they did not provide the service you wanted and you were not happy with it, they can't go after you. You didn't agree to pay. You said, okay, I'll try out your service. And if it's any good, I will pay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same with all the utility bills. <laughs> so your water bill, it's an offer. They send you the bill in the post and they hope that you just, okay, and start paying. Yeah. So going back to remedy, some people have done a uh, notice of conditional acceptance. So they send it back and they'll say, um, yeah, okay, we conditionally accept that we might pay for this service, but can you tell me the quality of the water? Like, is there any fluoride in it? Mm. <laughs> then the water company goes, ah, well, yeah, okay, yeah, there is fluoride in it. And then he says, well, I'm not paying for this then. 
because if it's got fluoride in it, I don't want to be drinking fluoride. So a lot of people are doing that. So what tends to happen is they go down this conditional of um, notice of conditional acceptance. And um, what tends to happen is the documentation changes and then it will be instead of in your name, it will be to the occupier. Well, as soon as you get a document that says to the occupier, like a letter, you send it back. That's not, I'm not an occupier. Exactly. I'm not the <laughs> occupier. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to open it. So you, you stamp it, unable to respond, you send it back. <laughs> and then, the, <laughs> so when people wake up to this, when they understand how contract, contract law works, or the law of equity, which is what I like to dabble in, um, and you understand how it all works, it, you suddenly wake up to it and go, you've got all the power in the world, and you really have. You know, it's like the mandate thing. I like to talk about the mandates. You've got so many people, you've got millions of people and they're sort of like walking out or going on strike or even quitting their jobs over mandates. Yeah. And I'm going, what are you doing? <laughs> you hear what you do? What are you doing? You can't be mandated without a contract. You can't, you can't, I mean, this is how it works. You, you sit down with the person. It could be your boss. We'll call him a name, Billy Bob. Okay, you sit him down. 2018 and you say look the boss says look we would like to mandate you in the future if some medical emergency happens and we would like to mandate you in the future to have a medical procedure and wear a mask so if you think okay yeah i agree with that contract in 2018 so you'll sign it your boss signs it billy bob signs it now here's a contract 2019 comes along 2020 comes along and now your boss can say right we're now going to mandate you to wear a mask and have this medical procedure because you agreed in advance you signed the contract okay yeah this is the thing if someone tries to mandate you without a contract they're committing a crime against you this is a tort a tortuous act you have no obligation to this mandate there is no contract now you can go go after that person by name you go after the boss you say you're putting a mandate on me you can't do that. There's nothing in the contract to say that I'll do a medical procedure. So, yeah. and then, and then some people say, um, "Well, the government's changing the legislation." Well, show me the contract where the legislation applies to me. <laughs> <laughs> show me the contract where I have allowed my boss by name to enforce legislation onto me. It doesn't exist. So, people need to learn this stuff. It's not difficult, you know. I mean. Try and look at this another way. I try and make people understand this. Let's say you've got um, an attractive young lady, okay? And she um, gets a job as a secretary in some Hollywood uh, movie studio place or whatever, right? So she has the interview and at the interview, the boss says, right, um, I want you to answer the phone, write some letters, make the coffee and you work Monday to Friday, nine till five. So the secretary goes, okay, I'll take the job. So she signs the contract, he signs the contract there you go so she starts work on monday the boss then says right i want you to come into the office take all your clothes off and bend over on my desk Sounds like Hollywood. yes exactly yeah <laughs> and the I secretary will go what i don't remember signing that in the contract but then the boss turns around and says well no 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 i'm mandating you oh you're mandating me oh fair enough where do you want me i'll just take the clothes off then shall i <laughs> what's wrong with people there's certainly a lot of bending over going on and, and more, more <laughs> metaphorically than literal. But yeah, people That's... are absolutely bending over and they're not, you know, claiming their, their own power and authority. 
Um, I, I have a friend who refused to um, tell his employer about his vaccine status, and now they are sending him um, a requirement saying he's required to take a course on the vaccine. So I told them to just ignore it. I don't know what, what you would do. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you do, don't ignore any of this. So okay. never, 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 ever ignore. If you ignore something, okay. then what you will do is you will be in agreement through tacit agreement. Oh, so, right. Yeah, that's why you should never ignore. Okay. Because okay? these people will put latches and uh, conditions and acquiescence into contracts. So if you don't respond after 30 days, then... Because you didn't respond, that means you've agreed. So you must always, always respond, even if it's completely fraudulent. In fact, you should respond because if you know it's fraudulent, then you know you're going to make some money on it. So you so, should respond and say, I decline your offer to take this program. Yes. Okay. It's a decline. Now, when you do this, don't, don't respond to a corporation. Corporations don't exist. They're a legal fiction. You'll get nowhere. You have to respond to the person who's actually giving you the mandate by name. So the very first thing I would do is if you was in that situation, you, you find out who is issuing the mandate. So who is it? It's got to come from somewhere. So it might have been an email. It might have been a, a, a verbal request. It might have been sent in the post. It has to have come from a living, breathing man or woman. That's the person you need to find to be able to respond. So you find who that is. And then you'll say to that person, are you mandating me to do this? And then you put the pressure back on them. They've got a choice. They've got two choices. They either say no or yes. If they say no, then you go, well, okay, then it must be voluntary. Well, I decline. Thank you. And then that's the end of the situation. If they say yes, then you go, oh, right. Now we're in a completely different scenario. Now you're in trouble. Okay. Now we're taking this outside of work. We're taking this outside of the contract. I'm not using grievance procedures. I'm not going to make any complaints to your supervisors in, in any way. I might send them a notice of interest later on, but I'm not. I'm now taking you to court personally because you've mandated me to have a medical procedure. And I know that there's nothing in that contract that I signed agreeing to it. And furthermore, you'll probably find that the person trying to mandate you to have this medical procedure, their signature is not even on the contract you signed when you started that job. Yeah. <laughs> so you go, where's, where's their authority? Doesn't exist. And a lot of people don't understand is when they sign these so-called contracts with these corporations, there's only one signature on it because they've signed a service agreement. Now, if your, if your signature is on that service agreement, you control that document. No one else does. So if someone in that corporation is trying to mandate you to do something, all you've got to do is say, okay, well, I've got the contract here that I signed five years ago. I can see my signature. Can you show me where yours is? <laughs> 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 and then when the boss goes out, well, yeah, it's not on there. Oh, really? So your signature's not on here? Okay, so why are you telling me what to do? It's contract law. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. So people need to wake up. But just want to touch on one more thing as well. Never refuse. Too many people are refusing. All right. Don't refuse. Because if you refuse, that means that you agree you had a prior obligation. That's a refusal. It's like, yes, I agree. I should do the thing. But now I'm refusing. It's always a decline. 
always a decline, okay? So it's not a refusal. It's like if someone says to you, uh, you need to wear a mask, it's, oh, no, thank you, offer decline, always. If they continue and say, no, you've got to wear a mask, offer decline for the second time. Now, if you're going to harass me again, you know, if you're going to ask me again, that's harassment. I'll give you a forewarning. I've declined your offer for the second time now. And if they say, no, you've got to wear a mask, right, that's the third time now. You're harassing me now. Now we've got, well, now we're dealing with something different. So Isn't you, harassment a legal thing though? No, it's in common law as well. You can't harass Okay. People. Yeah. You can't, it's in common law as well as legal. Yeah, it's in, it's in with the legislation. But um, everyone has the right to be left alone. So harassment would be um, someone trespassing on my jurisdiction over and over once they've, when they've been told to stay away. So once you've given them a forewarning and said, look, do not make that offer anymore, they can't make that offer again. Because if they do, they're now trespassing and harassing you. So, yeah, harassing and trespassing is in common law as well. It's in your jurisdiction. It's your law. I make the law. So if someone keeps coming at me with the same thing over and over, it says, right, I am now making the law. You're harassing me. And it's going to cost you £10,000 or whatever. So, yeah, don't decline. There's too many people are doing, uh, sorry, don't refuse. Always do a decline. Right. Um, so that's why people get into trouble, because they refuse. So they go to the airport. And they say, right, uh, you've got to wear a mask. And then you say, no, I refuse. You're lost at that point. Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying to that person is, yes, I have an obligation to wear the mask, but now I'm refusing. And it's that slippery. The people you're dealing with, on they're snakes in the grass. Okay, They will use language to trick you and trip you up. And once you've said the, the, the wrong word, that's all they'll need, and then they can act on you. Right. So you, you, it's always a decline. Um, don't use civil disobedience. I hear that all the time. It's time for civil disobedience. No. First of all, the word civil, that means you're a civilian. Right. Yes. If you're a civilian, you're on the lowest rung of the ladder. A civilian is an employee of a corporation with privileges. So don't use the word civil. And if you use disobedience, or, uh, then what you're saying is you're disobeying. Right. But if you're disobeying, you agree that you have an obligation to do the thing. You're agreeing that I should do the order, but now I'm disobeying to the order. So don't use civil disobedience. So it's a language thing. You just got to learn how to use your language. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's a complicated game. Yeah, that stuff makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but going back to, to my buddy's email. So if, if at the bottom of his email, it was like Sherry from HR... He would know. He would send notice to Sherry from HR. Bingo. Not the not the president of the company. Not yet. Okay. So it's always that person. Okay. So it would be okay. Is this coming from you? You know, you'd put pressure on that person and say, right, is it you? Are you mandating me to do this? Now, if they say yes, okay, checkmate. Okay, right. I've just won. Now, at that point, I am now going to sue you outside of work, and then I will send a notice. Of, Notice of interest to higher up, senior man, members of staff, the CEO. I'll send them a notice of interest and say, look, I'm suing one of your members of staff. They violated my uh, rights. I'm just letting you know. Okay. And I'm also letting the senior staff know because they can also be responsible for their employees if the employee commits a crime. But it's called vicarious liability. So that's why I give them a notice, notice of interest. That's all. I'm not. I'm not saying they're liable at this point. I'm just sending them a notice of interest and say, look, this is what's going on. 
this member of staff has tried to mandate me. That's a violation of my rights. I am now suing that person outside of work for a violation of my rights for £10,000 or whatever. I'm just letting you know that this employee has committed a crime against me. And then it's up so to the senior Notice management. of interest is just to make them aware of... That's all it is. Notice of interest is just to make them aware. I'm just making okay. you aware you might find this interesting. Okay? <laughs> gotcha. Simple as that. You're not, you're not saying... You're not putting blame on them. You're not saying they are liable. Don't send them anything like that. It's just a simple, clean notice of interest. Here's what's going on. I thought you might want to know. And then you see what response you get. Mm -hmm. uh, if the senior management then back that employee and they say yeah we told the employee to do that i mean if the ceo actually does send a letter back saying that you'd be rubbing your hands together because you've just mm -hmm. admitted in writing that you agree to this because then you'll sue him for 1.5 million <laughs> i think a lot of a lot of um like employers are actually putting crazy things on paper they are yeah it's they really are stupid. i mean they're doing it in america but not I'll tell you what's happening in here in England is a lot of these smaller companies are realizing that they can be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're sending memos out regarding masks and other medical procedures. And they're sending memos out and say, look, it is all voluntary to cover their backs because some, some employees have stood their ground and said, look, if you try and force me, I'm taking you to court. Right, and then what's happened is a senior manager of some of these businesses have gone. Oh, well, hang on a minute, we could be in serious trouble here because if enough employees wake up to this, we'll end up losing our business. Mm -hmm. So they've sent memos out to their lower staff and said to the lower staff, "Make sure everyone knows this is voluntary." So I've had to deal with this, you know, in my private life, which you know, obviously clearly I can't talk about on a public forum. But yes, I've dealt with this, and we've given issue and said, "Look, don't." don't force us and then the memos come out and says no 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 it's voluntary <laughs> so, so I, I wanted to ask you um so we talked about you know sending notice to the to the person what if you're in a situation where you know you're like yeah you're in a restaurant or or a store or whatever and you can't get a person's name um because, I mean, it's it can be hard, you know, people who are, like, trying to mandate you to wear a mask uh, in order to shop, whatever. If you ask them, like, okay, what's your name? They're not going to be like, yes, my name is, like, Todd Phillips. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, please sue me. I'll give you, obviously, I'm going to have to talk in a hypothetical, obviously. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to, you know, make up a scenario. But the way you would do it is if someone does come up to you, and you should do this all the time. If someone you do not know comes up for you, up to you for any reason, don't engage in a conversation. The very first thing you should do is, who are you? And if they start talking, you go, bup, 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 bup. who are you? I need to know who you are. What's your name? Okay. And if they won't give their name, you say, well, I'm not talking to you. Bye-bye. And then you just carry on about your business. <laughs> right. And now if they suddenly touch you, say you're walking into a shop and someone says, oh, you know, and they touch you, you go, oh, that's assault now. That's physical assault. You've just touched me. Right, get the police. Right, now you're escalating. So you get the police. I've just been assaulted. All right, what are you going to do? I want this person arrested. Hopefully, you will walk into these establishments with your camera going. Have mm. your camera recording. Get your phone. Switch it on. Be on the ready. Have witnesses. Go with three of you. So if you all want to go shopping, three of you all go shopping at the same time. Two of you can be witnesses and one can do the talking. 
But I thought you weren't supposed to talk to police at all. Police, no. Constables, yes. Okay. You got to separate them. So if it's a police officer, absolutely in no way, shape or form, do you talk to the police, you will lose. Mm-hmm. So once you call the police, you call them, they'll turn up. You've got to control the situation. And the first thing you do is when the officer turns up, you say, because be courteous, be polite and say, oh, thank you very much for turning up. We do have an issue here. Um, I'd like to go by the book and I am recording this for court. Um, can I just have your identification, please, before we can proceed? All right, and then he'll say, okay, okay, fantastic. You've got this identification, you know who he is, brilliant, fantastic. And then he'll say to him, are you working under your oath today? And he should say, well, he'll probably pause. Oh, no, what's going on? You've got to pressure him at that point, say, look, I need to know, are you working under your oath? Eventually, he's either going to say yes or no. He'll probably say yes, because if he says no, you've got him on camera. And if if a police officer says he's not working under his oath, and he's not a constable, and that means he's not a police officer, and that means he's committing a crime because he's impersonating a police officer. He's going to have to say yes. Mm-hmm. All police officers all over the world swear an oath. Depending on what country you're in, the oath will be different. But virtually, basically, they're all the same, and they also they all basically say um, they swear an oath to uphold the law and protect the rights of the people. Okay, I'm just simplifying to make it easy for people to understand. Once you've got that constable on his oath, he's then a constable. And then you refer to him as a constable. Okay, you're a constable of law. Fantastic. So we're going to be dealing with the law today. We're not, be, we're not going to be dealing with legislation. Now you can control that constable. Because if he doesn't do his job, you can go after the constable. You know his name now. If you know his name and you know where he works, within 48 hours, you'll be able to find everything out about him. You know where he lives, his house, everything. You'd be surprised how easy it is to track someone down using the internet. And if you're not very good with the internet, you can hire a private investigator for about hundred pounds, a couple of hundred dollars, and just say, look, here's, here's a police officer, there's his name. Can you tell me everything about him? Within 48 hours, you'll have a folder, you'll know his credit rating and everything. Mm-hmm. And then you can serve that um, constable notice. And you'll probably do send him a notice of distress or something. It will be something like, I'm sending you a notice of distress, which means you failed under your oath. You did not serve me correctly. And now you've caused me heartache or, or, or not so much heartache. It's not emotional distress, but you've uh, caused me issues because now I've got to deal with this problem you've caused. Um, and then there's other ways. You can even start dealing with uh, legislation at that point because then you can put a criminal complaint in against the police officer. So you can go down that path as well as your own notice. So you can do a personal notice, you go after him, but then put in a criminal complaint and say, look, I'm putting a com- criminal complaint because he was not acting under his oath or he failed his oath on that day. I've got it recorded. I've got two witnesses. What are you going to do about it? And a lot of these police officers have an indemnity insurance as well. So if they violate your rights, if they break the law, then that insurance pays you out. So then you can go after that as well. But yeah, control the situation. That's what you've got to do. So if you do if you do mess up, like somebody did ask me, like an example is like they signed a uh, speeding ticket and mm-hmm. they asked me, can you still fight that? You know, is there any remedy if you screwed up and you did talk to the police or mm. d- you can get out of it. But the deeper you get in, the dif- more difficult it is to get out. Right. So, yes, you can. You know, if you've accidentally signed the documentation or whatever. Uh, it depends. Again, we're talking hypotheticals. It depends on the actual situation at the time. 
And then I'd have to look at the real reality variables. What happened? Who's involved? What evidence do we have? And then you could use all that and then you could create your remedy on getting out of this. You could, um, I mean, if you are in a situation where you absolutely feel like that the police are going to beat you up if you don't sign the ticket, and I know that happens more in America than it does here in England, then sign the ticket VC. So you go VC and then sign your name. So, and that's Latin. It's for uh, V coatis. I think I've pronounced that correctly. It's Latin and it means under duress. So it means you signed that under duress. And if you've signed anything under duress, then it's null and void. So it means that that contract you signed no longer is no longer valid. The average policeman probably won't understand what VC means. Um, so you go V dot C dot sign your name. So, and then you can even put all rights reserved and all this sort of stuff on their ticket. So if you, if he gives you the documentation, passes it through the window or whatever, give it here, all rights reserved, then sign it, give it back. Because now you've just reserved all your rights. So that will make it easier for you. Um, but yeah, um, it depends on the situation. If you get your language wrong, um, you, you fill out the wrong paperwork, then yes, you're going to be in a world of pain. Um, so don't, that's why I always say the easiest thing is don't engage. So short circuit it right at the beginning before you even begin. And don't ignore things, don't let things escalate, don't wait until you're going to go to court, don't wait, you know, bailiffs are knocking on your front door, it's too late at that stage. I get people all the time, they send me messages, oh, you know, the bailiffs are coming around next week, what do I do? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? You know, there's too many variables, I don't know what's gone off. I, I, there's no magic pills, right? There's no quick fixes. There's too many people looking for a magic form. You can just get the magic form, fill it, send it off. It's called yeah. common law, magical common law, and then the <laughs> right. problem goes away. Doesn't work like that. Sorry, you've got to learn this stuff. Put three months work into it, six months maybe, and after that, you'll know what to do. Right. So, but yes, um, okay, not easy. So I wanted to ask more about the the notices. Um, yeah. Uh, according to uh, Joey Fettuccini, um, you're not a, you're, nobody's obligated to answer your, your notices. Notices do nothing. Um, Why would he say that? I forget what he. I forget exactly what he said, but he just he kind of shat all over the notices as well and said that they do, they really do nothing, and nobody's gotten remedy. He's all. I don't even understand why he would say that because he's all about notices. <laughs> I know. I have no idea. I don't know. Why, um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you have to use notices. That is your um, due process, right? You know, you you can't. I mean, you, or maybe you he said affidavits specifically. I'm not sure. Yes. Well, I don't want to misquote him, but well, affidavit. Yeah, you you might eventually get to an affidavit, but I would strongly advise against going straight in with an affidavit. You know, um, you want to tread carefully. Because if it does go to court, you've got to prove that you gave the other person due process, that you gave them plenty of notice. I mean, you might have heard of the three-letter process, um, which is where you're supposed to give the person three letters, which is the due process. And normally it's three notices. So you might start with a notice of interest, and then it might be a notice of liability, and then it might be a notice of default. Now... If you've given that person three notices and they've decided to ignore all three, then basically you have one at that point. 
Now, when you do a notice, it's all done in the private. Okay, so these notices, you just send them off. You wait for a response if you get one or not. But everything that you do is you record it. So if you're going to do a notice, here in England, we have Royal Mail. So we will send it through Royal Mail. Now, Royal Mail is part of the legal system. So as long as I send the notice and I get a certified uh, recorded delivery, then I've got a receipt saying that, yes, I did indeed send that notice. So that's my receipt. There's other ways you can do it. If you want to serve notice on someone, you can actually pay someone and they will be a, a process server. OK, this is a member of the court. They will have sworn an oath to serve your documentation. So you will give them the notice. They will go off, knock on the person's front door and hand over the notice and say, hi, hereby serve you notice. That person is then your witness. If you wish, you can do it yourself. So if you know where the person lives, you can knock on the front door. So here you go. Um, I'm serving you notice and I've got two people with me who are my witnesses who will back me up in court. And each witness will have a declaration of truth that will swear on the record that they witness me serve you notice. So another, another trick as well is when you send notice to somebody, we're still in the private, by the way. So when you send someone a notice, get it witnessed. So when you send notice, have someone that you know that's not you're not married to, to be a witness. And then they will also sign the notice and says, I'm here by witness that I signed it. And then you've got someone who witnessed it. Now, this is all done in the private. Okay, there's no courts involved and no one knows about it. Once you've served someone notice three times, you've given them the three letter process. If they still haven't responded, then what you can do, there's different ways of handling it. You can continue the process and then you can go down the affidavit route. Now the affidavit has no lawful or legal standing if you just leave it in your drawer. You've got to get it on filed with the court. So okay. once you've got your affidavit, you'll draft up your affidavit. It will say affidavit. It might be, you might say affidavit of truth or whatever. It depends on the situation. So you have your affidavit drawn up. It might be affidavit of obligations, for example, because if you're going to sue the person, you've got to put down that person's obligations within this affidavit. So affidavit of obligations, you'll make reference to the due process that you've given. You'll say what the obligations are. You'll probably put in there what you're suing for and all this sort of stuff. You'll get it witnessed. You get a notary public to also, um, you go down to the courthouse, get a notary public to seal it. It's then put on the court record, it filed with the court, should I say, sorry. At that point, that affidavit sits there for 30 days. After 30 days, if it's not rebutted, that's now law. You've won at that point. And now you can start again with your notices and then you can go back to that person and give them a notice of default and opportunity to cure. You can let him know about the affidavit. Well, you should have known, you should have notified him about the affidavit anyway when you set it up. So you do your original, you keep the original. The court has a copy. You then create a certified copy. You send it to the person that you're in a dispute with. He's got 30 days to rebut it. So, and then you get all this recorded, witnessed. And then after that, it depends on the outcome, what the person's going to do. Um, in this country, you would then go to the lien process, which is then what you're going to do then is you're going to apply for a lien where you will then attach, you'll create the debt, you'll say how much the debt is, say 250000 and in this lien, you will say what the surety is for that debt, which will be the person's house, car, whatever, and then you'll say that's the stuff that is the um, 
surety for the for the for the loan now so you've basically created a loan of 250,000 and you've applied it to this person at that stage you can then send a i think the court send a certificate of debt um if the person still doesn't respond then the bailiffs go in seize property and all that sort of stuff so you have to show due process so I don't think you can just go straight in with affidavits willy-nilly because it's like, oh, hang on a minute, I didn't even know this was going on. So you could, I suppose. I mean, there's all sorts of different remedies out there, but um, I suppose there's no right or wrong way of doing it. But if you're going to do it, I would like to... You want to show that you gave the other person as much chance to respond and cure the situation as possible. You've got to prove it in court because if it goes to court, then you've got to shake, you know, show to the judge, here's my case, here's all my notices, I gave the person plenty of due process, and he still didn't respond. That, that puts you in a very strong position. So that's probably true, the best way of doing it. Is it true that the court um, might not, if they don't understand your forms, they might not file it, or they'll deny your ability to, to file it in court? Um, well, it depends on the situation. Now here, here, this is how it works. Um, the, the the clerk of the court has sworn an oath to process your paperwork. As long as your paperwork is not fraudulent or violent, then he has got to process it. Now, if you're just suing a normal person, like a, you know a shopkeeper or something like that, or a, you know a garage, you know mechanic or whatever, mm. your paperwork should go through pretty smoothly. There should be no issues. Um, however, if you're going to try and sue like a high court judge or you're trying to sue an MP or a senior police superintendent or something, you're going to see resistance. Mm -hmm. And this is where things get difficult. This is where the courts will make it difficult. They'll, they won't not process it because they know they can't not process it, if you know what I mean, but they'll make mm -hmm. it difficult. They'll put roadblocks in the way. They'll say, oh, we can't do this because of a new policy or, oh, you've got to go to this department. They'll give you the runaround. Yeah, they're great at that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, that's when you've got to stand your ground and then you've got to start putting pressure on the individuals at court. So if the clerk you're talking to won't process it or is making it difficult for you, you say, look, I'm going to sue you then. <laughs> mm. you know, so, yes, it's not. I don't want people to think this is an easy process. It is not. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you begin a remedy, it can take several months. A lot of hard work. There's a lot of documents you've got to fill out and send off. Uh, it's not for everyone. And there's no quick fixes. There's no easy solutions. Um, and it's not easy. You've got to get the paperwork processed. And you might get resistance at the courthouse. You might end up having to fill out some of their paperwork. It depends where you live. It depends what country you live in. It depends on the situation. It depends who you are suing. It depends on the evidence you've got. There's too many variables for me to give a definitive answer. I can't give a one answer and it fits all. There's just too many variables to even consider. But that's the general layout anyway. That's roughly how it works. Right. So, right. So if you do have to go into a courtroom situation, that's one thing that kind of uh, washed over me in a, in a terror um, <laughs> how, you know, cause we do hear things about people like getting arrested or, you know, really, really messing that yes. up. So how do you make sure that that does not happen? 
difficult. Uh, but I know people have done it. You've got to stand your ground and you've got to know how the game is played. First of all, you are not obligated to go to court in the first place, especially if there is no genuine warrant and there is no affidavit backing it up. So then you'll know that this is a trumped up charge. You know, if it's a motoring offence or whatever, if it's any of that, then you know it's fake. In fact, what we've learned here in England is that we have something called the council tax, which is a tax on, all, on your property. And we've now discovered, as a lot of us that now know, that when you, if you go to court, um, you're not even dealing with real judges at this point. They're council employees that hire the rooms at the courthouse. It's completely fraudulent. Wow. So, yeah, a lot of people are waking up to this. This is one of these things that's got, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. Everyone's beginning to wake up to this. Uh, so we'll just see what happens. If enough people wake up to this fraud, then that's game over for the council tax. But going back to the courts, there is many different remedies to control the court. The first thing is, is if you do end up going to court, you, you declare that you are here by special appearance and you do not answer any questions from anybody within that court building. Even if it's something simple like the security guard saying, come this way. So you might say, come this way, and you go, okay, well, that's it. You've just entered the jurisdiction of the court because you've accepted the orders of the security guard. So you turn around and you say, no, thank you. I decline your offer. But by the way, can you show me where to go? So you've not followed his orders, but now you're still doing the thing, if you know, if that makes sense. But when they say, because they ask you to all rise too. Like if I, yeah. I saw some videos where people refuse to, uh, they're using this, uh, you know, a common law technique and they refuse to, to stand up. Yes. And they, they don't like that. <laughs> no, they don't. That's right. Because again, if you stand up, then you're accepting the jurisdiction of the court. Um, but hopefully you won't even get into that position because you won't even enter the court itself, or you might just step into the courtroom, but you won't walk through the gate, okay? Because that gate is called the bar. If you walk past that bar and close that gate behind you, you've accepted the jurisdiction of the court. At that point, you've lost. You don't even want to step past that gate. So the thing that you would do is if you get walk into that uh, courtroom, you would declare that it's your court under your jurisdiction, and it's a common law court. Now, if you've got your affidavit of status on file ready to go, then if anyone tries to apply the legal fiction onto you, you can turn around and say, well, I've got my affidavit of status on file, and then you'd put it on the court's records. And once you've put your affidavit on the court's records, the court process is halted. They can't go any further in any way, shape, or form, because until another affidavit comes forward, that's the end of it. You can you control the court at that point. Now, it, again, it depends on what court you're going to, but most of these courts, in fact, all of them are administrative, they're corporate, okay? So you've got to understand, it's a mindset thing. It's got nothing to do with law. One of the dead giveaways is if you walk into the courtroom, if there's not a jury of 12 sitting there, then it's not a court of law at all, in any way, shape or form. So that you should say, well, hang on a minute, where's my jury? Because <laughs> if there isn't one, it's not a court of law. They're, they're doing it over Zoom now. I know. I know. <laughs> I witnessed this myself. That's insane. That isn't even lawful. I don't, but uh. They're only getting away with it. They're only getting away with this because the general public don't know. Because it's yeah. part of the plebtorial system. It's like digital signatures. Yeah. Not dealing with digital signatures, but the, the average pleb out there doesn't know, and they go along with it. 
because they don't know their rights and they don't know how the law is supposed to work. That's how they do the Zoom. Well, no, <laughs> I want my day in court. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's another way as well. You can actually go, if you go to the courtroom itself, say for a traffic offence and you end up in the courtroom, you can, you can ask and say, is there an illegal trust in my name that I should know about? Because just about all these courts that you enter into is a trust. You know, so you are trustee and the judge is the beneficiary. Well, you say, well, am I entering into an illegal trust that's in my name? I need an answer. And they won't answer, but that's going to short circuit the, their proceedings because until I get an answer, I can't proceed. And sometimes you'll see the judge walk out and go, oh, okay, and you'll leave the room. <laughs> yeah, so I saw sorry i saw a lot of that where the judge walked out and they and they said oh oh you know the um they say you know like let it be known the judge has uh, abandoned yeah. the bench and the case is dismissed that's it yeah <laughs> so if you know your stuff then you walk in there and the judge is going to know straight away and go, oh this guy knows yes i do know and then he's not going to play the game and he'll walk out um but, I mean, you know, there's remedies to this. It depends on the situation. It depends what courtroom you're going to go into. Always go in with witnesses, okay? Go in with 12 people. This is, a, this is another way I heard. Another one is to bring 12 people with you, and then you can say to the judge, by the way, you uh, control the judge, and say, judge, you're dismissed. By the way, here's my jury. <laughs> <laughs> you can dismiss the judge? Oh, yeah, you can dismiss the judge. And then you can control him and then you can say, right, you can't speak for me. You are not an agent for me. You can't speak on my behalf. And then he can, he has to ask, answer to me now. So before he makes any judgments, he's got to turn to me. <laughs> and I say, yes, I will allow you to speak, judge. <laughs> but, uh, when you learn this, this is the truth, you know, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying I've done any of this. You know, I've never, I've not gone that far down the rabbit hole. All I've done is I've researched and I know how it works. Okay, so I've never gone that far. I've had some dabbles with the police. Uh -huh. I've sued a few people in my, in, in you know, in my past using notices and whatnot. Have you so, gotten settlements? Because Joey Fettuccini claims that nobody gets settlements using this method. Um, well, the people that I go after are normally private, private businesses. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've had dealings with, you know, parking tickets, speeding tickets, that sort of stuff. And I've got rid of them, mm -hmm. um, but I never got a payout on them. Basically, when I got rid of them was a few years ago and I was still learning this. Mm -hmm. um, and I should have pushed more. I should have actually continued and got a claim. And next time I will. Mm -hmm. um, but the others that I've gone after, um, I always get a payout at the end of it. So um, a lot of the times they will settle before it goes to court. Um, sometimes they don't. And in that case, all right, I'll take it to court. Uh, it depends on the amount. If I'm suing for small amount, then I will make the switch and I will go into um, small claims court. Again, it's all about remedy. So it, it depends on the situation. And sometimes, if you've done all the process, if you've done the due process, you've done the notices and you've done all everything correctly, you've created your case and you've got to say to yourself, well, should I go the affidavit route? Should I do all this? Or should I switch jurisdictions and shall I use 
the small claims court, which is legislation, it's part of the legal system, all that sort of stuff. So then you've got to make a decision. Shall I make the switch? And then I do. I just make the switch. It's just more simple. Go that way. As long as you've done the paperwork, it's straight sailing and it's done. Um, so 90% of the time, people settle before it goes that far. Occasionally, I've got to take it all the way to court. Um, it's done in the small claims and uh, a couple of times the bailiffs have been sent. I've had to use the bailiffs and then the bailiffs have gone off and they've got my stuff. They've got my money. Um, but yes, I've been learning this for years and just getting better and better and better. And then every mm -hmm. time I'm in this situation, see the way I tend to teach myself this is if I get into a remedy, I will learn like plan B plan C, plan B. So if this doesn't work, I'm ready to go. So I'm learning about the affidavits and all this sort of stuff, because then I think, well, if this doesn't work, I might switch to this. I've never had to use it because I've always switched and I've gone down the administrative courts and I've just used small claims. Most of the claims that I go after are under £10,000. So under £10,000, you can use small claims court. It could be simpler. Uh, you just pay, I think it's 140 quid or something, you pay that it's done you get your payout if you're going for something big then i might switch to an affidavit it depends but all remedies are different it depends on the situation it depends what's going on it depends what you who you're involving again there's too many variables so there's people out there trying to look for an easy straight you know do a b c d and you get a payout doesn't work like that yeah. you know you've got to be adaptive you know it's like playing chess you know, you've got to make your move and see what the other person does. And but once you learn how it works, then you'll know how to play your flesh, uh, play your chess game. Mm -hmm. But you were saying in, I don't know if I misunderstood you, but you were saying that you can do the, the notice and affidavit process and never enter a court at all. Yeah, that's right. Never. That's right. Don't even have to enter into the court. You can get, you'll get what is called a summary judgment. Okay. So if you've done all this, if you've done your notices, um, you've done your affidavit, once you do your affidavit, you're going to put all the notices on the court files as well. You file the lot. Okay. So you put the whole lot in there. You will wait 30 days. You'll see what sort of response you get. And if you don't get a response from the other person, then basically you've defaulted. And then what you'll do is you ask for a summary judgment. Again, You've got to dip your toe in the legal system at this stage. It's just, this is the way it is, unfortunately. We don't have common law courts everywhere. It's corporate, okay? You've got to know how to play the game. So the summary judgment, a judge will look at your paperwork. He'll see everything and he'll go, yes, you've done everything correctly. He'll put a stamp on it. I don't, I'm not even in court. I'm not even in there. Then I'll get a notice. They'll, they'll send me a, it through the post and it'll be, yes, I've won, blah, blah, blah. So you don't even have to go to court. You can do it all from the comfort of your own home, on your computer, send your notices off, do everything correctly, file it with the court. You might have to fill out an occasional form. They might say, oh, can you fill this form out? Mm -hmm. All right, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, that's the system we're playing in. But um, eventually, as more people get into the common law stuff, the numbers will grow. And more people will say, look, we want the common law system. We don't want the legal system. And that's when the legal system will diminish. And then people will then get back to the common law. All courts are common law courts. It's just they're hijacked by this corporation. It's right. like a leech, you know, with its tentacles in it. <laughs> so you can, 
go head on if you want and try and tackle it head on. But, you know, it depends if you want playing out or not. Again, it's remedies different, depends on the situation. But if you're asked to fill out one of their forms, that doesn't give them joinder if it's one, if it's one of their mm, forms? Well, I, not joinder, but you might find that you're going to have to use your legal identity at that point. Okay. Yeah, it is, you know, again, like the lien process in this country, the only access, the only access to the lien process is filling out their forms. There's no other action, there's no other way you can get hold of bailiffs uh, at this moment in time. So you have to fill out their forms. But if you've done all your paperwork in the private, your notices, your affidavits and all this lot, and it's all been processed correctly, and it's filed with the court and you've got the court docket, 90% of all your work is already done. Okay. So then you're just filling out these forms within their legal system just to finish it and get it past the winning post, if that makes sense. Okay, so it won't really affect you then at that point? No, it's not like you'll end up paying the courts anything um, gotcha. or they get, you know, or anything like that. It's not like that. They don't control it. Um, you're basically instructing the court to finish it off. And to do that, you've got to fill out their, their forms. I think here at the top of my head, um, I believe it's part eight, um, of their system. Um, I can't remember the names of all these forms. I've got it on the computer, you know, for reference. Um, so if I ever need to use these forms, I've got them on PDF. I can just print them off, fill them, fill them out, and it's done. But yes, it, it, I, I wish there was a better way of doing it. I don't think there is at the minute, not until we've got numbers. If we've got more and more people say, we don't want to play this legal game, and more and more common law courts spring up because that's happening. People, the common law courts are springing up. It's just they're not in big enough numbers yet and they don't have any teeth. So the only court system that has real teeth is the legal system. So if you file your affidavit in within the legal system, the legal courts, if you like, within 14 days, all the courts know of that. It's all sent out to all the other courts. And then within another 14 days, all the courts in the world know of it. It's on their record. It's, it's filed. So you can file like um, an affidavit here in England. Within a month, Australia will know about it. And then you can be in an Australian court and then you can bring up your affidavit in, in an Australian court. Mm. So that's where the power is at the minute. The, 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 the common law courts that are springing up all over the world, they just don't have that network yet. I've got my eye on it. I love the idea. I really do. I hope they grow. I hope more and more people get into it because there's more and more people grow into these common law courts and say, look, this is how I want to deal. This, this is the game I want to play. Then you might find that if you get it in like um, a, vi a village or a town, especially a town in America, if you get enough people to say, look, I want a common law court in this town, you might find that they can vote out the judge the criminal judge, get rid of him and say, look, we're going to put our judge in there and he's a common law judge. And then you'll see a shift. You know, all I've got to do is if I can do that here in England, just get control of one courthouse. We've got one judge who's now common law and he says, yes, I will process all your paperwork as I should because I sworn an oath to do so. There's your channel. Now all your yeah. paperwork can go in. That would be amazing. Yes. Yes. We'll see. The idea of common law spreading. Yeah, you know, it definitely has, especially this past year, year or two. Right? Massive. 
Yeah. Massive. I'm a tiny, tiny little player in this game. There's massive, bigger, bigger sharks out there in this common law game, if you like. And there's yeah. people all over the world getting into it and they're learning it fast. Yeah. You know, so the genie's out the bottle. I keep saying the genie's out the bottle. The people have woken up. They know about how the monetary system works. They know that the entire legal system is rigged. They're understanding that the government is a corporation, that the government has no jurisdiction or rights to tell you what to do. And then when you just get enough people to wake up to that level, this entire house of cards is going to topple, collapse, game over. So it would be amazing because these these crazy mandates are not going to stop. I mean, in, in you know, in New York here, we can't even sit down and eat anywhere, at least without well, a hassle. Quotes. Yeah. <laughs> quotes. Remember, yes, you can. I Do can, but they, yeah, they're telling me that I can't. Right. And again, they, we have to get rid of the, it's all about the, the mindset. Who are they? Right. You know, when you, you got to try and check yourself so when you say oh they won't let me do it i go who's they <laughs> right, right. <laughs> who's yes. they you know give me a, give me a nine give me a point to him oh <laughs> now i know who he is <laughs> right and if enough people do that you've got to get away from the they so you've got to you know you, so yeah. you, you carry on with your life live your life and then if someone tries to stop you that's the person you're going to go after yeah so Absolutely. That, that's how I live my, my daily life for sure with that, with that attitude. But it's yeah. like the people around you that won't let you, you know, like, cause I'm, I'm willing to fight with anybody in any store, restaurant, whatever. But my <laughs> girlfriend is another story, <laughs> you yeah, know, she's got to back you up. Yeah, no, I mean, she's, she's better than most, but you know, she doesn't <laughs> like the hassle. <laughs> so, sometimes, you know, well, you know, it, it's your rights at the end of the day. It's your freedom. Yeah. So if you want to keep them, you're the person who's got to stand the ground and fight back. Yeah. I think this is like World War Three, but it's got to be an individual battle now. It's yeah. death by a thousand cuts, which means each individual has got to become sovereign. We've each got to stand our own ground and fight our own little battle. Okay, so the little battle that you might fight would be the guy in, in the corner shop won't let you in with a, with a mask. Okay, you go after him then. That's your little battle. Don't worry about government. Don't worry about all that. It's too much on your shoulders. It's like, forget all that. I'll just have my little battle. It'll be, it might be the boss at work trying to get me to have a, 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 you know, an injection. Well, that's the battle that I'm going to pick then. That's the guy I'm going after. I'm going after. It's a lot easier. If you can just make it about a person, and it's not so daunting anymore. Right. If you try and take it all on your shoulders and go, oh my God, the government's doing this and they're bringing out this. And most people go, oh, I can't cope with this. And then they quit and they give in. They go, oh, I can't do it. It's too much for me. But if you say, well, hang on a minute, this is the Wizard of Oz, right? I'm not scared about the, the you know, the end scene at the Wizard of Oz. You've got the hologram and the flames and the booming voice brew on the Wizard of Oz. I don't look at that. I pull the curtain. And go, who's this guy pulling the levers? That's <laughs> yeah. the guy I'm going after. <laughs> exactly. A lot of levers being pulled for sure. Yes. It, are there any bigger players um, that you've seen make any big changes as far as like going after government and such? Um, there's individuals that each have on their own little quest, if you like. Um, 
I would definitely say check out um, the Observation Deck. It's a YouTube channel. I've seen his stuff, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I really do enjoy his stuff. Um, I mean, I just I discovered his channel a few months ago. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I, when I was doing this journey for years, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was like some, you know, crazy person. Really? <laughs> you know, I'm, going, I'm the only one who's doing this. But then you discover channels like that and you go, oh, you know, there's another person. He's saying the same stuff as me. So, um, but yes. Oh, by the way, his stuff is like another level. I mean, he really, really knows his stuff. You know, I know my yeah. stuff, but, you know, his level, some of the stuff that he goes into, it's like, wow. You know, yeah. I like learn stuff from him. Um, he puts, he, I listen to some of his work and then he fills in some of the gaps in the jigsaw that I'm putting together. So I would strongly say to everybody, watch that observation deck. And one thing I would say, though, he's got it wrong about the police. So don't watch that episode. <laughs> okay. that, yeah, don't, don't watch that one. But all the others, yeah, watch. <laughs> Interesting. What was he saying about the police? Well, he, he was saying um, that they were both the same because, you know, constables and police are both the same. Uh. Um, and I don't, I, 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 what? No. And in fact, you can actually use his video to prove that they're not the same. So I don't know why he was doing that. And I was going, why are you saying, I don't understand that. <laughs> I mean, even in the logo, you can, sh you can see you've got the Queen's logo, the crown, and then you've got the Masonic um, logos intertwined. The, yeah. you know, the, yeah, you've got the black and white squares, Masonic symbolism, you know, and, and then when you look at the different logos um, in these different um, corporate police stations, they're all corporates, it's all caps letters so it's not english so uh, and then you, if you look at the wording of the uh, the oath there's no mention of police officer in the oath only constable so yeah anyway i i disagree on that says so, no they're definitely um two separate things i mean one thing the police are employees constables not constables an individual who's sworn an oath to uphold an, it, it, towards an office so he's not an employee, but a police officer is because they've got unions. So, uh, you know, I, um, I don't know why he said they were the same, they're not. And you're living in a world where the people at the very top of this system, um, you probably know about Black's Law Dictionary. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you're dealing with people who have one word with different meanings. Okay. So that's what they'll do with just one word. And what they'll also do is they will rearrange words in a sentence to mean something else okay simple as that like certificate of birth is not birth certificate but the plebs will read it and think it's the same thing but they will rearrange the words and it'll mean something else mm -hmm. so why would someone a system like that who's so deceptive with language why would they have two separate titles one is constable and then one is police officer and then say no they're the same thing no there's no they're not it's like <laughs> people say that abrital uh Admiralty law and maritime law is the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> maritime law is the law of an individual ship. Marit uh, Admi Admiralty law is the court that creates the laws that control the ships. That's why there's a different title. That's why it's admiralty law and maritime law. So whenever you see a different word, don't assume they're the same. I mean, it's like people think that freedom and liberty is the same. No, it's not. <laughs> don't fall mm. for that 
Liberty is allowances and privileges. It's not freedom. Wow. So you go back and you trace the, the meaning of the word. Liberty is, it comes from the Greek god Libertas. We've got a statue of liberty, right? <laughs> yes. And now you can see the joke that's played on the American people. Wow, man. Because the American people, or should I say the citizens, American citizens are not free. They have liberties, which are privileges and allowances from another authority. Hmm. So when you understand how this language works, now you can see what the joke is. So yes, yeah, Statue of Liberty does not mean freedom, sorry. Wow, what a but joke. Yet, again, this is why I say a lot of people are illiterate, because yeah. they think different words mean the same thing. No, they don't. Okay, mm. so um, in fact, even the different, you know, all caps and all the rest of it, it's not English, it's dog Latin. And so, yeah, so if you've got two separate titles, police officer, constable of law, they're two separate jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah wow that's crazy yes <laughs> it seems like you would have a lot more freedom under common law though i mean you could really do yeah. a lot of things you can't do legally right i mean including like Im immigration right you wouldn't have to be a citizen right you can basically travel wherever you want correct um i mean whatever you i mean you could like hang out with like prostitutes if you want to do cocaine whatever like no one would have anything well, to none say of that is that's not a crime as long <laughs> as everyone is consenting right <laughs> i mean you know as long as the prostitute's happy to do the work once she's not being forced then i mean put it this way is like um what's it got to do with us what two people do in their own time yeah if they want to have a a nice evening and one of them wants to receive money for it What's he got to do with us? I've always felt that way. I'm not, and I'm, I've never, I don't no. dabble in prostitutes, but, no, <laughs> but I've always no, felt that people that, should be able to do whatever the hell they want. And whatever goes in their body is their business. Right. Yeah. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> I don't have the right to tell them what to do. If they want to take drugs, that's their choice. Not something I want to do myself. Yeah, right. If they want to do it. As long as you're not harming anyone, you're over the age of consent. You're doing it with your own money and your own time. It's your choice. And the truth is, yeah. no one has the right to tell you you can't do it. Right. You know, so illegal and illegal means contract. Well, I never entered into a contract, so it's not illegal for me to do it. But when you become sovereign, that's when you'll wake up to this. When you become sovereign, you will know that none of this applies to you. There you go. Become sovereign, move to America, do lines <laughs> off a urinal if you want That's to, right. with prostitutes everywhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as you're not causing any harm, you keep your word. As long as you pay her at the end of the day, or him or whatever, as long as you pay him, whatever you close Because you have a contract. you got to make a contract with the prostitute, right? Yeah. You agree on the price. As long as you pay. Okay. There you go. That's a yeah. that's a level of freedom I want to live under. I don't know about you. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. That's it. And it's within our grasp. It really is. The only reason why people are not free today is because they're not free of their own mind. They're trapped in here. They think they have to do as they're told. They think that government exists and it doesn't. It's a legal fiction. 
So, and that's why you can't get sovereignty through a piece of paperwork. You can't go and register somewhere else and then become sovereign. You go, and that's not how it works. You have to know it in here. And it happens to you. If you think about it, you will, it might take you a few months. It might take you a few weeks. You might get through in a day or two. I know some people have woken up within a few days and they are so free afterwards. It's like, wow, it's just like, you feel great. You really do. And then all you, now you know that you are free because you have become sovereign. Now all you've got to do is deal with the idiots that try and take your freedom away. <laughs> right. And that's relatively easy when you know how the legal system works and you know how the law of equity works and you stand your ground. So it's up to the individual. They've just got to wake up. They've got to, they've got to become free in here. Um, the rest is relatively easy if you want to learn it. Is it a very long and hard process to go completely completely sovereign, pulling out of everything? I mean, that would be like meaning like don't pay your taxes and everything, right? Yeah. Oh, it's difficult to a point. Some of it's relatively easy, actually. Um, I mean, for example, the tax thing. I mean, the best way to do it would be to set up your own trust. This is what the rich and powerful do. You've heard of the Bill and the Melinda Gates Foundation. Well, the foundation is a trust. <laughs> they don't pay taxes. Wow. So the, the way they do it is they set up a trust. All the money goes into that. They say they don't own anything, but they are just the beneficiaries of it. And that way it's all tax-free. So if you hear off the word foundation, it's tax-free. So anyone can set up a trust. It's something that we want to do in the Sovereign Project. I'm talking to people now behind the, behind the scenes that um, hopefully we can set this up so that fraternity members, people who have joined the fraternity have learned this and they're, they're clued up. They can set up a trust. They can put all their assets into a trust. And then you can, if you've got a salary, a wage, you could pay all of that in 100% into the trust. You don't pay tax. You don't pay national insurance. But don't think it's the paperwork that saves you because if you don't know how this works and you're not sovereign up here, if you answer some questions by mistake with anyone from the government, then the trust won't save you. Okay, so it will be, you've got to be able to use your language correctly because if you end up uh, with these people, um, say you do end up in their courts, big mistake. And then the, the judge turns around and says, you know, uh, are you a taxpayer or something? And you say yes or whatever. Hmm. You've lost. It doesn't matter if you've got a trust at that point. Because the judge will say, right, we're going to take it then. Because you just admitted you're a taxpayer and you're supposed to pay it. So I don't want people to think, oh, I'll just get a trust, put everything into a trust, and then I'm safe. No, it's only safe if you know how to use your language. If you use your language wrong, then your paperwork will not save you. It's like if you've got an affidavit of status. Okay, you can have an affidavit of status filed in the court system. But if you get pulled over by the police and the police says, are you the driver of this vehicle? Say, yes, I am. Boom. That affidavit's not going to save you at that point because you've just entered into a contract. So mm -hmm. that's why I always say, people, you've got to learn this. The, the information is free. It's on the website. More documents will be uploaded over time as I create them. Mm -hmm. We do a sovereign workshop where we are you know every thursday so a load of people about 70 to 100 people turn up every thursday i help them with this they are breaking their social conditioning they're becoming free they're becoming sovereign and we've got small groups all over the world that are trying to form and they're trying to create their own sovereign workshops do you help people others. in new york at all not yet mm -hmm. not yet so if you want to be the first <laughs> i i would man but i mean i don't <laughs> know enough yet <laughs> yes 
Well, what we say, what we say is the way it works is let's say you want to learn. That's the first step. If you want to learn this, brilliant. Try and find people in your area that also want to learn. And then together, pick an evening or a time in the week and say, you know what, on this week, on say on a Thursday or Wednesday or whatever, we will get together at a certain point. It could be a bar. It could be even your home. doesn't matter. We'll go. We all get together on that evening and then we'll discuss how equity law works. We'll learn this stuff together and help each other and then expand from that. So you'll learn yourself and then more people will join. And then before you know it, you might have a group of people like a tribe of 50, 60 people in your area who all know this stuff. And now you're going to be in a much better position because you find you need a remedy you can turn to these people and say, look, I'm going to need a remedy. Can you all help? And they'll all come together and say, right, okay, let's see what we can do. We have a notice team. So if people try and write their own notices, they can bring it along on Thursday nights and it goes to the team and the team will check it out and say, okay, you just want to change this and tweak that and do this. And we help each other. So you can do it. Anyone can do it. Anyone can download this stuff from the website, download the documents, spend one evening a week, just discuss it switch the computer on, do some of your own research. You, if you read something in the documents that I provide, you think, oh, I didn't know that. Let's go off and have a look. Make an evening of it. You know, get a yeah. few drinks in or whatever. Are there any, like, I think what people really ask for a lot of times is, like, st- like step-by-step video type of thing. I mean, you mentioned, like, is observation deck good for that, or is there another better uh, system to watch? Not that I know of. Observation deck is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would suggest the observation deck, I don't think is for the novice. If you're completely new at this, then you'll probably watch some of his videos and you might get lost. But what you can do is you say if you read, watch some of his videos and you think, oh, I'm not sure on that. Pause the video, go and check it and then go back to it. But Mm -hmm. as far as I know, there isn't a... Well, I haven't found one at the moment. There isn't a set of videos or anything like that that will take people through it step by step. Now, I am working on presentations that I hold at my weekly Thursday night. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's like 21 weeks now. So it's like a 21 week process. I'll take you from the beginning. We go all the way through to the end, to the lean process. And by that stage, you'll you'll understand how it works. we get a lot of requests about Zooms. You know, people say, can you do this on Zoom and all this? And we get people all over the world asking for this. So I think that's something that the Sovereign Project might do in the future. We're looking into it. Um, it's not totally easy because the technicals involved is quite complicated. Once we get all that sorted um, and we'll have to buy some accounts, I think we're going to have to go professional with Zoom. So we'll have to get the, you know, pay the subscription. Yeah. Um so it's something we're looking into if we can figure out the technicals then what we'll do is we might set that up and then people can spend one evening a week on zoom wherever they are in the world and then we'll start at the beginning and we'll take you through it step by step so it's it is planned for the future once we get the technical sorted out Hmm. sure but other than that i don't know of any other i mean there's some good stuff out there don't get me wrong um but some of it is like quite in depth so for the novice it's too much for them you know you, you it's yeah. almost like you've got to know the basics you've got to be into this stuff and then you can read or watch some of these videos and it's a higher level um 
but yeah, I don't think there's anything simple. Not My buddy yet. Alex Zek was following some program, but I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Okay. It was some. I think he may have been uh, uh, a guy from England, maybe. Um, okay. He had an interesting uh, wardrobe, like bright neon oh. colored gloves. But that's, I, that's I all I remember. But he, I think he may have had like a uh, like a system of videos. Oh, right. Okay, we'll that'd be to, interesting. Yeah, well, I'll have to send it to you if I uh, if I figure it. Out. I'll have to a- ask him. Yeah, that'd but, be great. We'll share it. Um, we've got a Facebook private group, so anything like that. If I find something that's you know easy to digest, I put it in that group and say, "Here you go, go and check this out." Um, so yeah, by all means, if you want to send it to me, that'd be great. I'll share it with the members. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. I think you just have to dig, but oh, definitely. Yes. A lot of people are getting into it and I see, you know, I see various different channels and, and things popping up. Yeah. Yeah. There's different things going on. Um, there's a lot of dead ends. So you've got to be careful in some of these areas, you know, might go down the wrong, wrong route. Um, I've spoken to some people who got into common, common law about 18 months ago and they said to me that they went down the wrong rabbit hole. and got some bad information. So it wasn't until they discovered the Sovereign Project that they managed to get on the right track. Um, So there's a lot, yeah, you've got to be, I mean, there's a lot of people thinking, again, people think that they have to register somewhere to become sovereign. No, no, it's not how it works. So um, that's not, you know, we will never be doing that at the Sovereign Project. It's not like, you know, pay us 50 quid and register with us and now you're sovereign. No, (laughs) it doesn't work that way. Right. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, you definitely have to be careful. I, I, I joined one really small group that was like, didn't really know what they were doing and I kind of uh, quickly left. So that's, yeah, that's a valid point. Yes. You've just got to um, use your own judgment. I mean, over time, I think the people who tell the truth, they will be the winners. Okay. So some people out there are not so honest. Well, I'm not going to say honest. I think some of them are trying, but they're going in the wrong, dire- wrong direction. So they're making mistakes. Okay, so you've got to be studying this for a very long time and then you can decide which ones are the correct ones and which ones are not. But, um, you know, some people, uh, like I say, have been getting into this like 18 months ago, went down the wrong way and now they're back on track and now they understand that, you know, the stuff that I'm saying makes sense. Uh, I'd like someone to say, you know, if I've got something wrong, let me know and I'll go back and check it. I'm still learning. This is another thing as well. This common law stuff, you'll never know it all. Hmm. all right. So if there's someone out there that says they know the lot, no, they don't. You've got people who might um, be an expert in a certain area. You might have someone who's really good on constitutional law, or you've got someone who's really good on trust law. But to know the lot, no, no. Oh, you mean Joey Fettuccini doesn't know everything? And <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> I will pull my hands up and I say, I don't know it all and I never will. I think the first step to becoming wise or the step, first step in wisdom is to say, I don't know. Absolutely. Be honest about it. Yeah. And the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. <laughs> so yeah. It can be a bit daunting. But um, so anyone watching this, don't don't be like, oh, I'm never going to know it all. No one ever is. All right. And don't think you've got to try and remember it. All right, you can write it down. You've got your notes. You can go back to it. So 
Don't try and memorize all this stuff as well. So people panic. They go, I'm never going to remember this. And but oh, no, that's why you've got your notes. <laughs> Don't panic. Yeah, it's a slow roll. I mean, so far, I, you know, with your help, um, you know, I've done my first notice and, you know, just doing that is like, you know, gets your, your head into it a little bit and you start to understand little, little tiny things. Um, so yeah, I guess I would recommend people start, you know, try and notice, even if it goes nowhere, just start, start writing your first notice and learn how to write one. Just give it a go. Yeah. Give it a go, you know, and you will get better over time. It's experience. It's like martial arts. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be a black belt after your first lesson. But after six months, you might be pretty good. <laughs> you, Start at the beginning. Yeah. Have you found with the notices that people are like at a, uh, scared into submission <laughs> as far as like, because I've heard stories about like, you know, just sending um, like a company notice um, kind of scared them off of doing whatever they they were doing. Oh, yes. Yes, if you do if you do a good notice, one will sometimes be enough um, because it's you, it's your language that you use. Because when you and don't forget that when they, you send a notice to some of these companies, they'll give it to a, a lawyer and a lawyer right. will read it. Yeah, will and they yeah. understand though? Yeah, I mean every lawyer. I mean if you are um, qualified, you know you're actually you know you've done your five years in law law school. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know you know you're in the club basically um which is why i'm a little bit dis- disappointed with so many lawyers who say that they'll fight for this you know issue that's going on in the world today and i'm mm-hmm. saying i look at them and I say well you're not being honest you're not explaining how mandates work and you must know you know so I mean, okay, there might be a few junior lawyers that are brainwashed. You know, it's a little bit like doctors. You know, there's a lot of medical doctors now. You're looking at the medical doctors and you go, because when you learn how cancer works, when you learn how diabetes works and Alzheimer's and all this sort of stuff, and then you look at the doctors that are in, like, the national health, you go, my God, what are they doing? They're killing people. Look at virology. I cover that a lot on this channel. Yeah. Yes. Virology is a complete pseudoscience. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't yes. know if you've looked into it at all, but it's absolutely ridiculous. Most of them are. Most of yeah. these, um, you know, it's when they say something is idiopathic. Uh, idiopathic, sorry. And they go, well, that means they don't know. And it's like idiot, you know, so they don't know the reason why you're sick. <laughs> idiopathic. Okay. But yes, you know, when you research it, you, you're absolutely correct. You research some of this stuff and then you look at these doctors and go, what the hell are they doing? So it's the same with the lawyers. So I, I think a lot of them are brainwashed. They think that the legal system is the law. But yeah. as you, if you're, if you're a partner in a legal firm, then you'll know all the truth at that stage because you can't become a partner in a legal firm if you don't know everything because you'll mess it up for that legal firm. So, but yes, these I don't trust lawyers, any of them. They're either brainwashed or they're hiding the truth. You know, because when you learn this, then you can see through the lies. Yeah. So, well, I've never really liked lawyers. <laughs> they're, no. they're usually awful people. I'm sorry. They are. <laughs> they are. Awful. I've had bad dealings with them. They've took me for pen, you know, thousands, you know, when I was much younger. Yeah. Because I didn't know any different, you know. So, um, 
I didn't know the difference between lawful and legal back then. So I had one yeah. the other day offer like to write a letter for me for four hundred dollars or something, or she <laughs> tried to give me like a lower price. I was like, oh, no, I'm good. Yeah, it's a little bit excessive. Yeah, I know. They're, I mean, they want to be paid so much for doing so little. It's like, yes, what's the draw? You don't need it. You can write your own letters once you learn how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, take the time, learn this stuff, and you'll be able to protect yourself. Cool, man. Well, all awesome information. Uh, is there anything else anybody should know before we wrap it up? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I think this is all good. Um, just check out the website if you want to sign up, you know, um, and then you can join the private um, Facebook group. You know, there's a lot of good people in there. There's some good sovereigns in there that will help you out if you've got problems. Um, also, we're, we're doing, we're trying to set up a uh, campaign at the minute, um, which is where's the contract? like a hashtag, like hashtag, where's the contract? I just want the general people out there just to see, you know, if they're going to be forced to have a medical procedure and just say, hashtag, where's the contract? I just want people to do that. Where's the contract? If enough people just do that, you know, all these people who sort of protest in the streets and there's like 2 million people in London or whatever. Yeah. You know, if all those people, if all they just said was, where's the contract? Yeah. That's it. I say that all the time, actually, like I I have a big problem with like some of the protests being like, like I have no problem with protesting sometimes, I guess, but like the misuse of the manpower, right, is just like makes you want to cry. Yes. Because they, they, if they took all those people and focused them in a place that could help, like, oh man, yeah, real change, right? Like, you know, walking in circles, like somebody in my group was like, oh, you, you know, we need people, get out here. I'm like, you're walking in circles around Brooklyn Bridge. Like, what do you, what have you achieved today? Yes. Nothing. You know, like at least go, go in front, take all those people, stand in front of a college and like, you know, inform the kids who are being like forced vaccinated or whatever, believe they need to be forced vaccinated. Yes. and it's just like, you know, they think that I'm like not for the movement or whatever, but it's just like, no, I just want fo- a focused energy based on yeah. like intelligence. Yes. I'll t- I tell you a thing that I would like, you know, the truckers at the moment, you know, there's a lot going on with the truckers. We, we know that the, uh, the the shortages are artificially manufactured. We know this. Yeah. Um, and we know that some of the truckers were trying to protest by blocking up the roads, that sort of thing. I don't think that was the right way to go. But mm. if you actually got hold of these truckers and says, you know what, you don't need to register your truck with the motor vehicles agency. You can deregister it if you wish. And if you deregistered it, you're not liable for tax anymore. So if you're a trucker, <laughs> get your number plate, take it off your truck, send a notice to your DVLA or whatever, or the equivalent in your country and say, I am now deregistering my truck from the government <laughs> so i'm not obligated to pay the tax it's that is a movement i can get behind <laughs> that, that's a great idea and then that's it if you are if you deregister these truckers are not obligated by any of the legislation anymore so these truckers can then just go and deliver the stuff <laughs> there's no red tape in the way anymore right <laughs> And, and not to mention the farmers, right, who are being paid to destroy their crops. It's yes. their crops. It's their crops. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Oh, my word. But yes. 
I saw a video where one of them destroyed his own crops just like as a like a fuck you. <laughs> I know. It's like no, you don't have to do that. No, that's right. Don't do that. Go and sell it tax free. Please <laughs> <So you> register. <laughs> that's how you win. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it with people throwing away milk. I've seen it with people killing uh, livestock, you know, and then just burying the livestock. And I'm going, what are you doing? Just sell it. Yeah. Just deregister and say, I'm going private now. And then just say, right, I'm selling all this meat at half price. <laughs> I'll have some. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, yeah, but I'll take it for sure. It's like the people who are quitting their jobs over mandates. And I'm going, what are you doing? Yeah. Stop doing this. So, um, but yeah, if we can get the, the amount of people, like you say, that do the protests, if we can just get them focused and just say, look, where's the contract? Where's the contract that I have to do this? It's game over. If we can just get those people to ask that simple question and enough people do that, it's game over. Well, I and think, you know, I think some of the people leading those protests know exactly what they're doing. If you if you want my take on it. Possible. Um, yeah, they're very, there's some very shady types and people in my group know I've, I've had things to say about it. And, uh, some of them don't, you know, in those groups don't really like me very much because <laughs> they, they, they quickly got me out of the way. Okay. You know, um, I like to talk about the, the issue of no viruses a lot. I like to tell people to like focus their energy. They yes. just didn't like, they didn't like me around for some reason. So <laughs> yeah, always. Be aware, you know, what did Lenin say? Like the best way to um, to control the opposition is to control it yourself. Correct. Controlled opposition. Yeah. But there when you know go. how that game's played, you can actually use the controlled opposition. So there's another level to it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah this, is when it gets, this is when it gets into very complicated chess. Because oh, yeah. Con- a controlled opposition has to use some truth. Yeah. Otherwise, it can't be controlled opposition. So you go, fine. As soon as I know how the game's played, I'll concentrate on the truth bit. <laughs> and then it can backfire on the controlled opposition. So um, that's another game you can play. Yeah, people are very fooled by that too, like the bit of truth that they use in, in the controlled op. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I think Donald Trump's a great, we talked about him, <laughs> he's a great example of that. Yes. But no, he's for freedom. You know, <laughs> Donald Trump's sitting there on a stage saying, I recommend you take the vaccines, I know. but you have to have your freedom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I recommend yes. you kill yourself with poison, but, you know, be free while you do it. Yes. Be free in America with the Statue of Liberty. Now we know what liberty means. Right. Yeah. People got to, got to uh, you know, ascend to a higher level of, of consciousness. Yes, you do. You've got to become sovereign. You come above it all and you look down at this game and then you can see all the players. <laughs> and yeah. then you know how it's played and you go, oh, okay. And then you can see all the liars at that point. For sure. And there's a lot of them to be found. Loads. Yeah, yes, there is, unfortunately. But um, mm-hmm. there's some good people out there anyway. There's a lot of people out there speaking the truth. So, uh, And I want to connect with those people. Yeah. I hope they become part of the project the sovereign project yes well uh i love everything you're doing man and thank you so much for for taking the time again and i'll definitely you know spread the word as much as i can um and thank you for all your help with the with the notice and everything too it's been been great yeah anytime no worries so uh, just before shoot 
Uh, we're still looking for graphic, sorry, uh, graphic designers and leaflet designers. So if there's anyone out there who can volunteer a little bit of time, get in contact with us because we're trying to make some leaflets and uh, graphic designers. And some I have three people in my group who are graphic designers. Oh. I will ask them personally if they're if they're willing um because i i recently needed help with something and i was like wow all you guys are graphic designers okay cool yeah so, that'd yeah. be great if they don't mind volunteering a few you know a few hours at a time we've got to try and create a new logo so um but yeah that'd be great anyone out there who can offer some help get in touch awesome thanks again man i'm gonna stop the recording The information presented in this program is not intended as legal, health, or nutritional advice. It is provided for informational purposes only. Alighton does not endorse nor accept responsibility for any statements, views, or opinions expressed by its guests.